Know your neighbor. It's not asking much. Simple, humane, and we'd like to think a logical approach. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Know Your Neighbor is a platform for constructive but brutally honest discussion on varying perspectives of race relations. Yes, it can often be viewed as complex, and to be fair, it probably is. We're approaching it in a simple way, by having a conversation about it, allowing perspectives that oppose our own, and listening to understand. The aim? To know your neighbor. This simple gesture should be better for us all. Hi, my name is Keenan Carlsa. I'm a South African currently living in the United Kingdom. Being outside of South Africa has actually just made me realize more how much I love it. How's it and welcome to all the listeners. Wandi Limatondo here, born and raised in President Mlazi, now living in Johannesburg. Chat you guys will enjoy the podcast. And I'm Aubrey Roo, a 32-year-old Afrikaans-speaking white guy living in Cape Town. I'm, I'm really happy to hear you say that, Aish, because um, it is so easy to say the alternative to that. Um, but I, I also yes. want to just let... <laughs> because when it comes to your family, um, you know, that, that is a point, I think, when the defense of your family becomes flee, then you will flee, you know, but yeah. I don't think we're there yet. I don't think, uh, I don't think we'll get there either. I, I know this is also me, like, maybe hitting the sand kind of moment, but um, I think even through this, this whole period, Okay, yes, there was people that died, unfortunately, because of this, but you didn't see, like, um, it spilling over into, like, um, like you know, people's residential areas or anything like that. So, um, unless I have missed any of that. But I do think, like, um, yes, South Africa is not a banana republic. There's rule of law, and because of rule of law, this kind of thing has happened, but it's because um, uh, South Africa has put the constitution before anything else and before one person. That's basically was the the flame that started this whole thing. But I I think like still the aim there is to have rule of law reign in the country. So I still I still believe like uh, there won't be like um mass stuff happening in in communities in terms of people having to be scared of of mobs taking over over those kind of things. I think that is a bit that is a bit uh, a step too far in terms of what I can imagine happening. The problem, though, Kini, is this, this, I think, was at a large enough scale, this looting, with, to be just factual, just not enough consequence. There were thousands and thousands and thousands of people that stole TVs, washing machines, dishwashers, you name it. I'm not talking about pickpocketing a chocolate and who aren't going to face any consequences for Mm. that. And when that has happened once, what is going to stop that? Actually, not one person won't be able to do it, but what is going to stop a a mob of just civilians essentially going, okay, we're a thousand or we're 2,000 or we're 3,000. Let's just go storm another shopping center. So I am an optimist, but also the realist in me makes me go, hmm. There were enough people there to start organizing this moving forward and hitting shopping centers like that. And mm-hmm. the the downside of that, other than just the 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 culture of um, ill discipline that that has has already bred 
because it's happened um, without consequence. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that that we can that we can stop that moving forward. I'm not convinced yet. Yeah. Um, and, and then the downside is, I mean, the basic things of like when Dile was mentioning earlier, like um, townships like um, Lazi, where there, there are just two shopping centers, confidence of retailers to go back in there might be low. So they're either going to escalate um, prices or they're just not going to go back in there. And what does that mean? That means Gogos from the township have to now get into taxis or two or three taxis to get to a shopping center and it becomes unsustainable and it has huge social uh, impact. Um, jobs. So, and jobs. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. You know, um, just, uh, we, we did say earlier in terms of like what, what, um, can we do to stem this kind of thing? And I, I still stand on what I was saying just now, you know, the fact that the government, the presidency didn't budge in terms of, you know, appeasing a certain faction for Jake. We don't want to talk politics, but we all know what's happening in the country. Mm. For Jacob Zuma not to go to jail, they push through that because that's the right thing to do, right? In terms of showing the country that uh, we do apply rule of law in our country. And I think just that that, that signal is a, is a good signal to send to the country because we all know the level of lawlessness that has um, taken place in South Africa in terms of corruption and all those kind of things uh, just affects the moral fabric of the country because if Mm. everyone sees that uh, politicians just do what they want to do and they get away with it and Mm. everything, uh, we we often hear this in like leadership stuff, but everything rises and falls upon leadership. And I think that period in our country's um, history was just a bad sign in terms of showing people like, listen, Rule of law and being accountable and being um, facing the law is is, 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 is is something that doesn't really happen. But I think that step that they took on a macro level to show everyone, listen, we do fight for the constitution and we do fight the law to prevail, right, was a good sign. And even though this whole um, Zondo Commission is taking like years, literally, to come to a conclusion for people to face the law, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step showing the country, listen, corruption, which is uh, evil in our country, is going to be tackled. I have a book of uh, Nelson Mandela, Dare Not Linger, right? And in the hardcover um, copy of this, he literally talks about like how no person is above the law and how we need to defend the constitution of South Africa. So mm. I think, you know, um, being at Mandela Day that we're recording this, it's, uh, it's at the lowest of lows where you can like, get back up again. So I'm really hoping that this is the lowest of lows for South Africa because it was really um, not a nice thing to go through in terms of hopes and uh, dreams for the country. So, um, yeah, I hope this like was the lowest and that we don't see anything worse than this. Wendy, you're sitting there with a big smile on your face. I'm very curious to hear what you have to say. <laughs> Look, politics are not my strong points. I, yeah, I'm not going to pretend otherwise, but this whole Zuma thing, the reason I'm busy laughing here is just, I've obviously been pondering on it the whole week. And I think, yes, I am Zulu, but I am not loyal to Jacob Zuma. To be honest, actually, he's not shown enough care for us as a country for me to actually even really care whether he's in prison or not, you know. My my big concern with this whole thing is just more with, I can't help but feel like this Zuma arrest thing is just smoke, smoke and mirrors. You know, I I still feel that all these years, Zuma had been protected from entering prison because there were people, whether it's NC or above or whatever, I don't know, 
there's been people who have been protecting him from going into jail. And now because he's no longer sort of in a position to serve their needs, be it through looting or corruption or whatever the case might be, um, they've now sort of allowed for him to sort of um, be taken in if that's what needs to happen. But now my issue remains that the same people then pulling these pieces and controlling this play of ours are still the same people backing our president today and who will likely back the next president should ANC remain in power, you know. So in as much as I see people are celebrating Zuma being arrested and they speak on the statement that it makes, I, I don't disagree, um, but it doesn't give me any excitement in any way because I still believe that whatever filthy corruption is going on in the higher up positions is still going to continue, you know. It's just going to keep having a different face. Uh, and that's what frustrates me. So I think I won't have anything to really celebrate until corruption is just killed. Or at least I do believe all governments are corrupt to an extent, you know. Um, but I think with with our country, it's it's just they just take it too far to a point where they literally the show the citizens a middle finger uh, while they go about their corruption, you know. So, yeah, until that sort of is sorted out i'm not really gonna have much to be excited about because people have been asking till now this 500 billion rand loan we got uh when covid started for example under serial's leadership like what have those funds done for the country you know um can that money be accounted for you know and then if not where does that put us now in 10 years time and serial's also out the way is he next to go to prison and then they back whoever they're going to be backing then, you know. The interesting question that does arise is what is our view on leadership in in the country? Not not necessarily in the immediate, but in the future. Because that is something that concerns me. I mean, like I said earlier, I've always been a big fan of Cyril's because I, I, I believe that he's got a track record of being a, a, a good leader. And when I say that, I don't. I'm not saying that he hasn't made mistakes. I think by his own admission, he's made some mistakes at that time around Murakana and stuff like that. He's come forward and said that it that it was a mistake, um, and he's also known for playing the long game, as they as they say, and they say because he comes from a trade union background, he understands that game. Um, but I mean, there is there is serious. I, I am starting to ask myself, you know, um, is the the interest, and it doesn't matter if that interest is in physical money or if it is in the interest of lives being lost or degradation of social fiber or whatever the case might be, but if the interest of his long game is just becoming um, unsustainable. Um, I, but in saying that, if you said to me, who else should be taking charge of South Africa? I can't tell you. Because if I, there's no one, I, I, there's no one other than him than I, that I can think of. And I mean, she's the, there are political parties upon political parties that I have been disgusted in, in South Africa. Um, the, the ANC being one of them, but not definitely not the only one. Um, so I actually don't know who I would, I, that, I, that I do fear is, is what our leadership pipeline looks like in South Africa. I think um, what makes it difficult for people who are good leaders is the way that South Africa's political system or what do you call it, political system, the 
the way that people get elected into power is actually set up because there's always an element that um, you have to appease the political party because if you don't, then you get kicked out and they choose someone else. So because they've got the power to deploy people to certain positions, I think that um, <clears throat> that makes it difficult to for leaders to always put the country first because, yes, uh, as a president, as a minister, as a uh, someone who takes up a government position, you are there to serve the people of South Africa, right? But if you don't serve your political party, how long are you going to serve the people of the country? Do you understand? So um, that, that that makes it difficult for them to to really always put the country first. But I'm sure they, they, they can't do that because sometimes if you don't tow the political, your party line, then you get uh, booted out. Look at the album Becky. So, yeah, I think the fact that we're also sitting here saying we actually don't know which alternative route we'd, we'd sort of go, I think is speaking exactly to the lack of leadership. You know, there's no leadership for us to turn to. There's no one we can sort of come together and be able to say, you know what, we're willing to sort of trust or try out certain options because it's just a mess. Um, and I think the thing is, I once had a meeting with, uh, a guy in the ANC, I think he was very junior at the time, though. This is probably around 2014. I just moved to Johannesburg. So tenders had already sort of become a thing, so a way to make money. But yeah, so I was actually interested. I met with the guy with, from the ANC just to sort of ask him a few questions to try and understand how the whole system works. So we met in Bram, had lunch, had a discussion. And then after our meeting, we sort of had a small talk session. And what he explained to me that day, which I think is largely why I expressed my earlier views on this whole Zuma arrest thing, was that, because I, I was already questioning him that day as to why isn't Zuma resigning, you know? Because he can clearly see things aren't going well. Uh, people are calling for his head. Like, why would he stick through it if he... I was still naive at that time as well, you know? I just thought every president had a good heart, pure intentions, and so forth. But that day opened up my eyes where he expressed to me that Zuma cannot step down from his role until he settled whatever scores and debts he was put in his position to settle. So he didn't really go in depth, all right, in terms of specifics regarding that. But what I did take away from it is exactly like I'm saying now, there are people making decisions in in our government that are putting people in place to sort of achieve a certain goal, a target. And then as soon as you've sort of given what's due, you then are sort of no longer of use to them. And then the next guy mm. comes into place, you know? So it mm. sounded to me that that's how politics work. Like the example he used to me, I'm sure you guys remember Jacob Zuma having that, uh, that incident in about, I think, 2005 with the woman that claimed that he raped her and this and that, he did say to me that Zuma avoided prison and his case went, was dismissed or whatever it was that, was, that happened because people made that happen, you know? So that, that was just one of the deaths which he sort of had accumulated over the years. So the, the party, it sounds, builds people to take on leadership roles just to sort of be able to get or benefit in whichever way that they can for themselves. So people aren't put into place based on qualification or a skill set or whatever personality traits that they feel can actually take the country forward. It's more about whoever these decision makers are 
It's more about what they sort of need and want to sort of gain from um, the party in a certain period. And then they just have a puppet out there to basically do all the dirty work for them. And it only serves a few. (laughs) Precisely. Which is why we get this uh, middle finger from the ANC, as I called it earlier on. Yeah. And and I think to, to add to that is, I mean, I think I may have mentioned in one of our previous recordings about the narrative that, um, yeah, I mean, that, that is kind of exists within the townships as far as I understand about how the country has failed them and how, um, the, like, it, it, amongst the young people in the townships, as far as I understand, and um, how, I mean, I think that's also what was kind of the, the fertile soil for this whole white monopoly capital uh, narrative that lives in terms of dividing white and black um, in the country. And then in in the white community, young white kids, varsity students that that age, kind of talking anti-black and saying how they can't, they don't have opportunities I mean, that's also very naive, I know that, um, because of BE and all of that. So these two kind of growing narratives that are absolutely opposite each other are in are fighting. Um, not not in a physical fight, but they're happening around brides and conversation and discussion. And I think this whole um, looting and violence that we've seen over the last few days is can be very negative and contribute to fuel both of those fires or it could be very positive if those two opposing views can start conversing and actually have conversations about how we make all of this better so it depends on how yeah what where you sit i suppose which one you're going to adopt but it could be good or bad Kenny, you, you look like you're very deep in thought there. No, 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 no. Um, not, 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 not really. I just think, um, if I'm honest, um, the thing that uh, got me thinking now is, is that <laughs> I don't know what the alternative is because that's something that I've also struggled with. Um, what would be an alternative to what we've got currently? And but uh, I think the, some of the stuff that um, that Action SA is doing is quite nice. The 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 fact that they are are doing almost like prelims. Uh, for people to um, decide who they want to represent them. So it's not the party putting that person up for election. It's people that decide, okay, this is going to be the person in the party that's going to represent me at uh, the elections. And also what um, uh, Musi Maimani is doing in terms of like individuals being set out there, independent people who um, want to like make a difference. But then again, um, from how things work in terms of having to get votes to get a certain mandate uh, uh, implemented. I think that's uh, going to be a struggle for, for those independent candidates because uh, if there's other different parties, you're always going to have to do certain compromises. So how successful that will be, only the future will tell us. I, I don't know. So I, I think um, in that sense, at least in, in our political space, there's interesting things happening, but um, a proper alternative uh, for me personally, I, I, don't, I don't see that yet. How scary does that sound? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I think uh, as scary as it might sound, the 
the starting point of change is very often just knowing what the realities are, not sitting naive and not even knowing what they are. So perhaps that's something that we can continue in some of our conversations. And and I think as Keenan pointed out earlier, very fitting conversation to us to ha- for us to have on uh, Nelson Mandela Day um, around kind of landing on the essence of leadership. So yeah. Maybe that's a that's a good point to to kind of land to tonight's session and um, and pick things up again. Uh, hopefully, with a little bit more clarity and light ahead of us when we next chat. So thanks for for your contributions tonight, guys, and we'll chat soon. Mm-hmm.